Hello, this is Peter Bergman. You're listening to Radio Free Oz. It is July 6th, 2011, and it's time to prove once again that everything you know is wrong. And of course, I include myself on the you because, of course, everything I know is wrong. If it wasn't, well, I'd be superhuman. And that's, well, let me pinch myself. No. I'm immortal like the rest of us. Okay, so let's troll the wall. The magic job approval line, according to various pundits, if a president's job approval dips below 48%, he's a one-term president. If it goes above 48%, he's going to be reelected. Obama, he's been hovering around 48. He's down to 43 now. He's been up to 52. You know... I, I understand why the GOP want to deny him a second term, because they want to let his uh, one-term presidency come to term. They don't want to abort him at least until 2012. I think they're in for a big surprise. Okay, only in New Jersey could it even possibly be a sign of healthy, functioning political partnership when the president of the state senate calls the governor a rotten prick. <laughs> That's what Stephen Sweeney called Governor Christie two days ago. I don't know if it was in jest or if he finally figured out that's just what that poor scene bully is. We'll just have to wait and see. You know, no child's behind, left behind, or nobody on top of everybody's child's behind, whatever that's called, we're a nation that is completely hooked on testing. And it has developed into, and probably promoted in its own way, a great scandal. Cheating on tests in Atlanta. Award-winning gains by Atlanta students, it seems, were based on widespread cheating by 178 teachers and principals. This according to the Georgia governor. His office released a report that said 178 teachers and principals, 82 of whom have already confessed. I wonder if they put them on the rack in what's likely the biggest cheating scandal in U.S. history. But, you know, we are Americans. We continue to beat the best. There's going to be a bigger education scandal. Just wait. This appears to be the largest of dozens of major cheating scandals unearthed across the country. These allegations kind of uh, are an ongoing, they call them an ongoing problem for U.S. education. No, the ongoing problem for U.S. education is the quality of the students they get in the classroom, the fact that teachers have to become wardens rather than teachers, and because the culture does not support any real learning. And what we have now is an educational system dependent entirely on standardized tests. This Atlantic public school scandal indicates a widespread conspiracy by teachers, principals, and administrators to fix answers on the criterion reference competency test, punish whistleblowers, and hide improprieties. Well, that's the way it's done if you're going to cheat. Cheat, you know, jump on the whistleblowers and hide your spoor. Okay, remember when the Republicans were running um, in the midterms and did so well, and one of their great banners was... Repeal and replace Obamacare. And when they came in, there was all sorts of talk about repeal and replace, repeal and replace. Well, it's six months later, and they haven't repealed anything, and they haven't replaced anything. 
the stream of committee hearings to pick apart the law's policies, held back-to-back -back earlier in the year, have now slowed basically to a muddy trickle. And not a single element of their replace agenda has gotten a House floor vote. So they got elected on this weird and impossible idea that they were going to <laughs> repeal Obamacare, which each day becomes more and more popular amongst the people who receive its benefits. So I suppose the GOP has probably figured out that this is a dog that definitely does not hunt. Okay, be afraid. Be really afraid. Transportation security officials are warning the airlines that, quote, human bomb, unquote, terrorists may try to use surgically implanted explosives to blow up planes. Wow, is this true? Well, they're not sure. There's no intelligence about a specific plot. The Transportation Security Administration is nonetheless urging domestic and international carriers to be aware of the potential threat. And what are they going to do about it? I mean, if a guy's got a bomb, in, you know, surgically implanted in his butt or his stomach or his lungs, I think it'll show up in those, those x-rays where you have to stand like da Vinci's, you know, modulus of man to be zapped. I'm sure they can see it. Hmm, I wonder if that's an undigested Big Mac or if that's C4 with an alarm clock connected to it. Hmm, there's a toughie. Global warming is going to put Obama's feet to the fire. You know how unpopular the whole global warming green green thing is now because of the, dare we call it a double dip? Dare we call it a big D? In any case, when economic times are tough, people are not concerned about global warming. I wonder if the people in Phoenix were even concerned about the major dust storm that completely blackened them and, and tore down the electricity and did this and that. Probably left and they went back to watching Dancing with the Stars or Dancing with the Dust Storm. There's this big to-do in Rio de Janeiro coming up in uh, June of 2012. And the deal is, will Obama, in the midst of a campaign, fly off to Brazil to talk about global warming. Well, the White House isn't sure, and the Republicans would like nothing better, because then they could say, well, I'm going to quote one of my favorite garden gnomes, Grover Norquist, the president of Americans for Tax Reform. He also is the president of Club for Growth. And he has used that club well in Washington, beating the sense out of all sorts of politicians. And he's also a big Christian, a big Washington Christian. I'm going to quote him. Having some foreign gala with a bunch of rich people flying in private jets, which, by the way, he does all the time, and demanding the United States have a lower standard of living, that's his idea of what saving the planet from extinction is, is requiring us to have less. So, flying around requiring us to have a lower standard of living is not the way of getting into a presidential election to speak to a country with 9% unemployment. Man, I tell you, this guy is good. He's so good, he's bad. Well, he's probably a product of all the junk food that has ruined our children's health and mental processes. But now, there's the possibility we may be restricting junk food ads on TV. But advertisers, broadcasters, grocers, food manufacturers, they're pushing back real hard to this proposal that would set voluntary guidelines, you know how well corporations are handling voluntary guidelines, restricting what foods can be advertised on television. Why? 
because many cereals, energy drinks, and even some milk would be barred from the airwaves under the administration's suggested guidelines. Industry groups are strongly lobbying that uh, the administration rescind them. Well, it's, these are just suggestions. They aren't even law yet. The problem is that many of these foods do not meet the FDA, CDC, FTC, and Department of Agriculture's minimum nutrition levels. This is junk, and we want to keep it off of TV. There's so much junk on TV, no one will notice the difference. Talking once again about the big double dip, it appears that small businesses just can't get loans. I'd mentioned earlier that corporations, banks among them, are sitting on a trillion and a half dollars worth of cheap money, money that they are borrowing at 0.8%, 1%, buying back their stock, giving themselves great big bonuses. What they aren't doing is giving money to small businesses, which we know are the engine of recovery. Why, the, the Republicans are the first to tell us they're the engine of recovery. It seems that... Loans to small business have gone down 14% over the last year. But of course, <laughs> loans to large corporations have gone up 38%. You do the math. And finally, the title of today's rant, Facing the Facebook Monster. In 2010, Facebook's web consumption grew 69% making the traditional indexed internet, which is Google's internet, much less relevant. Within the last year, All Things Digital reported that Facebook's share of users' time online grew from one out of every 13 minutes of use in the U.S. to one out of every eight. Twelve and a half percent of the use of the internet is on Facebook. And this scares Google. Google's huge. Google's beyond huge. Google is, is a monster. And they are being threatened by the fact that, one, Facebook won't release any of their information, will not let Google's bots and spiders in to grab the information and index them. They are completely unto themselves. So, if Facebook has got one out of every eight minutes on the net, this took more than half a billion hours of use, more than 800 lifetimes away from outside sites like Google. Okay? And that here's the difference according to one social media guru, is that when you connect people, as opposed to pages, now the web knows who we are, our identity, is with us at all times wherever we go, mobile, threads our relationships with others, social, and delivers meaningful experiences beyond just text and graphics, video. Well, I'll tell you, I don't know if those are meaningful experiences. I've gone up on YouTube and just, just you know, trolled around, and normally I get guys going, Hi, this is Napkin Man. Sherry, I think you blacked out last night. Call me if you're not dead. I'll close with this factoid. On YouTube, in one week, more fresh video is posted than all the video that has been transmitted and broadcast by all three major networks since their inception. That's incredible. But what's even more incredible is that everything you know is wrong.